0: I want to start by asking you a question. Have you ever at any point in your life found yourself asking God for a sign? God, are you there? Are you going to help me out? I'm in this spot. I'm in this hole. I really need you to come through. Are you there? People throughout history have called out to God or depending on the country they were in, the gods, God, are you there? Are you going to show up? We may call it out, we may just say it, we may pray it under our breath and wonder if something or someone out there could possibly show up in some way. Today is the last message of a series that we've been in on prophet, priest, and king. You see, when we talk about the baby Jesus, this is more than just a a figurine or an icon for a holiday. This isn't something we get out of the closet, blow the dust off of, put it in a little piece on the table where all the kids can play with it when mom and dad aren't looking. This is more than just something that we'll put away after the holiday and forget about it at the end of the year. This baby is the prophet, the priest, and the king. Jesus is not a structure. Structures break down and need tweaking, educational, medical, political, religious structures. He's not a system. He's not a guideline that we're to follow. Jesus isn't a religion. Is it, religion is advice on how to earn your way to get to God. The message of Jesus being born isn't advice, it's news, it's good news. And that's exactly what the gospel is, is the good news of the birth of Jesus. As prophet, priest, and king, this child fulfills every role that God used in the Old Testament For his people, a prophet like Moses that spoke to God, spoke to people on behalf of God, a priest like Melchizedek, who was the go between between God and man and was the way that God related to and communed with man, a king like David who led his people. Now, there's one other aspect of Jesus' birth that completes this bridge between the Old Testament, which is the books written before Jesus came, and the New Testament the books about Jesus' life and beyond. What we're going to see about the Christ child today is that he is, according to the scriptures and according to his own words, he is God. We see this first in the Old Testament, before Jesus was ever born. The prophet Isaiah, 700 years before Christ, writes, for to us a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This child that Isaiah talks about will also be father. This child Isaiah talks about is also God. We're going to talk more about that in a minute. Isaiah goes on to write in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. He says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Isaiah says, You're going to know how this child, you're going to know when God shows up in the flesh because it's going to come from a virgin and he'll be called Emmanuel. He will be God himself with us. 700 years passes, no one gets the title, no one fulfills the passage. And yet, all of Israel knows that this is a promise that's been given. There is a son who will be the father. There's a son who will be God. The prophet Isaiah, after he speaks this 700 years previously, sees it fulfilled from eternity through the words of Matthew. Speaking of Jesus, Matthew says, Behold, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel. Prophecy fulfilled. God with us, Jesus is God. The Old Testament writers knew that this baby would change everything. God spoke through his prophets to proclaim that he was coming in the flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. The Old Testament points to that. The New Testament shows us that this baby is God. Now I'm going to hit the scriptural part of this in the next point, but I want us to look at even the the things from Jesus' life that show us who he is. Tomorrow, I'm going to get into this a little more. We're going to do a video that's going to be, I think it's at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning, and we're going to look at the three gifts from the wise men, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Every one of those points to Jesus as prophet, priest, and king, and every one of them points to him as God. You'll see that message in the video, and you'll meet my dog, Daisy. So it's a win-win. Jesus, 30 recorded miraculous healings. Jesus, forgiving sins, which blew people's minds. Because you have to understand, when there's a sin, there's only two people who need to offer forgiveness. One is the person sinned against. If someone wrongs you, you have to be in the place of offering forgiveness. The second person is God, because any sin is a breaking of God's law. Any sin is against God. Jesus is saying to these people coming to him, I forgive you, not because they've wronged him as man, but because he's God. The Pharisees come to him and the Pharisees are like, you can't can't speak for God like this. You can't say you're God. And Jesus says, but I am. I'm Emmanuel, God in the flesh, God with you. I wanna go on a little side note here. Give me a second for a rabbit trail because I, I get the bumper stickers and I get the t-shirts of Jesus being the reason for the season. Jesus is why we celebrate Christmas. But let's talk about the reason. The reason for the season is because you're a mess. No offense and Merry Christmas. I'm a mess and we needed forgiveness. And that could only come through Emmanuel, God with us. So tomorrow... When you sit down across from your mother-in-law, you can tell her you are the reason for the season. (laughs) When you see your boss on Monday, when you see those cousins who are walking in the door and you have to cringe as you hug them and you have to listen to political rants or their opinion on everything, you can think to yourself, you, you deserve a bumper sticker because you are the reason for the season. Christ is what we celebrate, but he came for us. He came to make us right with God and man through his death. He is not only the representative of each party, he is fully each party, fully man and fully God. People had seen in the Old Testament what the prophet would look like, a priest, a king. They had an idea because of who God was because of these roles. But Colossians tells us, chapter two in verse 17, it says, these are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. The cool thing about shadows is it tells you something's there. There's something casting the shadow. The bad thing about shadows is you don't always get the best description or the best picture. Have you ever seen how long your arms can look on a shadow? Or your legs or how long your head looks? It gives you an idea. But Colossians tells us that in Jesus... We see God in the flesh. We see the actual being. The Old Testament tells us. The New Testament tells us. With Emmanuel, we have more than the shadow. We have the shadow caster in flesh and blood. No more guessing. You see, if you want to know what God is really like, if you want to get a really clear picture of God, look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. We get this picture of God from the Old Testament, and our, our culture is kind of grabbed onto this, of this really angry God who needs Xanax or something to just chill. But he's not that. And when you look at God, even in the Old Testament, you see his grace in hundreds of years of prophets coming and calling for people to repent and get things right before there's any judgment. You see a God who shows up still to widows in need, to people in need, and we move that from the Old Testament to the New Testament, and we see God in the flesh in Jesus. If you really want to know his character, what he loves and what he calls out, what he values, look at Jesus. His judgments and his justice are God's judgments and justice. Jesus is referred to God in John 1:1, 1, 1, it says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God." We jump down to verse 14. it says, "And that word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is Emmanuel. God with us, this baby we celebrate is more than just an icon. He is God with us." Colossians chapter 2, verse nine. "For in Christ lives all the fullness of God." In human body. Colossians 1 and verse 15. The son is the image of the invisible God. You want to see God? Look at Jesus. 1 John 5 and verse 20. And we know that the son of God has come and has given us understanding. So that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true. In his son Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life if you want to know God, look at Jesus. God the Father, God the Son, ruling with loving kindness and righteousness, hating wickedness, giving, the Bible tells us, the oil of joy. Hebrews chapter 3 says that Jesus is the exact representation of God. John chapter 14, there's this really cool interaction. Philip comes up to Jesus and is like, look, We've seen the miracles. We've heard the teaching. Water into wine, multiplying bread, Lazarus getting up out of the grave 4 days later. Cool stuff. But Jesus, if you'll just show us the Father, then we know you're telling us the truth. Jesus reply, verse 9. Jesus answered, "Don't you know, Philip? Um, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time?" Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He goes on to say, I and the Father are one. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. You can trust his character even when you don't understand his methods because we see God in Jesus. Let me give you a closing thought on Emmanuel. Some of you have come in the room today because it's Christmas Eve and we are thrilled that you are here. You come in with questions about God, you come in wondering, it's a little sketch for you and you may leave with the same way. Some of you have come in this room and it's kind of like, you know, aren't all of them just kind of overlapping all this religion of let's just be spiritual and just be good. Can we just be good? And it will all kind of come together. But Jesus makes that really, really hard to do. Because he claimed something pretty significant. He claimed to be God. Muhammad didn't claim this. Vishnu can't claim this. Buddha didn't claim this. Only Jesus says, I am Emmanuel. I am God with you. Well, isn't this kind of exclusive? Yes, and it's very clarifying. There's no guesswork to the words of Jesus. I want you to forget the sign over the church doors. I want you to forget... the the people you've known in the past. I want you to forget the YouTube pastor you've watched. And I want to challenge you to get to know Jesus. If you have a Bible, if you want to download a Bible app, we have Bibles in the back, uh, back corner, if you want to take one with you, start with a book called John. And if you want to go really crazy, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the four books that look at Emmanuel, God on earth, God with us, from four different perspectives. Get to know Jesus. Because in knowing Jesus, You'll know God. If you want to see what God is like, look at the Christ child. God with us. Would you bow your heads with me, please? We thank you, Lord, for the price you paid. We thank you that you gave up the royalty of heaven to come to this earth, be born in a manger, placed in a feeding trough to live a life where you were chastised, rebuked, abused, beaten, and to ultimately give it up for us on the cross that we would have life. We thank you, God, that you would do all this for us, that we would have forgiveness from our rebellion and pushing you away. I pray, God, that we remember, no matter what it feels like or what someone else may say, we can hold on to your words, that you are God and you are with us.